Thank God for another opportunity to come to his house. Amen. Amen. I'm happy to be here today. I'm, I'm all week long. I've just been looking forward to coming over here and just I knew pastor had asked me last Sunday to share. And so I knew I had this week to prepare and I had a lot going on this week. But I just thank God that he gives me the opportunity to have his word, not only to instruct me, but to live by. And, I, and, and it's, it's just always there when we need it. Amen. He's all we need. And he didn't leave us empty handed. He gave us his word. And if we'll stay in it and we'll just be plugged in. Let me tell you something. God's going to begin to speak to our lives. And I thank God that I could come up, uh, up here and share. And uh, God gave me a word. And, and I believe he confirmed it the other night when Brother Cameron was, was sharing. He was, he was touching all over the place on different scriptures and stuff. I said, oh, boy, he better not. He better not go ahead and take something that I had already planned here. We, usually, you know, we might, we might conversate, hey, this is what we're doing, or this is kind of what I'm going to share on. But there was none of that. So when he started coming up with some of these scriptures, he started to scare me. I thought I might have to halfway through the week come up with something new. But you know what? When God puts something in your heart, it's not just for me. But Oh, believe me, it, it is for me, but it's for everyone around us. Amen. When God speaks a word into your heart, we're to take that word, and we're going to go and bring it to the people around us. Amen. And God, God gave me something. And uh, when pastor asked me, I, I, I just knew like instantly I said, well, uh, this, this is the opportunity to share something that God has been not only working in my life on, but he's working in all of our lives. Amen. And this is something that there's not a person in this room that will be excluded from what I'm going to talk about today. Amen. This is going to be one of those things where we need to stop looking at the person to the left or to the right of us, amen, and just know this word's for you. This word's for me, amen. It's for every single one of us, whether you think so or not. Because as we were worshiping, I began to think, and I just began to pray, and I began to thank God for the word he gave me. And the Spirit of God began to come alive and begin to tell me, you know, a lot of times we get blinded by our sin. We get blinded by our sin to the point where we see it in everybody else, but we can't see it in ourselves. And today, today, let's not worry about people that we think might apply to whatever it is that I'm saying. Let's just worry and let's just think upon the word of God piercing our hearts. Amen. Individually. And that goes for me and you. Don't look around at anyone else because it's for everybody. Nobody's excluded from this word today. Amen. Maybe it's for some more than others, but it's for each and every one of us all the same. Praise God, because God's word is powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it's there for us. It's there for every one of us. What it means to one person, means to, it can mean something completely different to another person, but it's life-changing all the same. Praise God. I want to talk today, I'm going to be talking on love, which <laughs> typically isn't something uh, that I would share on, but God has been dealing with me in such a way, and it's something we all should share on. And that's kind of my point, is, is just God is bringing me to this place where all I can think about is these two different types of love. One of them, and the first one that we're going to talk about, is going to be God's love for us. Amen? I was thinking about it. I was thinking about God's love for us. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ 14, probably 14 or 15 years ago. And I can promise you one thing. I lived for God. I have been living for God. I do love God with all of my heart. And I try day after day after day to just press in and push in and get closer and closer and closer to him. Amen. But God, over this past year, year and a half, 
and it's really strange because we hear it all the time. We hear all the scriptures preached to us. God so loved the world, amen, that he gave his only begotten son. I hear about the love of God from the moment I walked into the church to today. But it was about a year and a half ago that I really, really, really started to think about how much God truly loves me and how much he truly loves you, amen? I mean, we need to think about this. It's easy to hear about God's love, and we know it. Deep down, we know that God loves us like there's no tomorrow. But let me tell you something. Have you ever sat and just meditated and prayed and just thought about the love of God on your life individually? Have you ever just thought about who you are and how God could love you, knowing what you've done in your past and knowing who you are today? Amen. Just thinking of the love of God and just taking your thoughts deeper into the love of God than you've ever gone before. And that's what God's been doing in my life in the last year and a half. The last year and a half, I've been sitting, I've been praying. I've been just, anytime I have an opportunity, it just keeps coming and I can't get away from it. I begin to think on the love of God. And I'm telling you, the more I think about the love of God, the more life-changing it's become. Amen? The more life-changing it's become for me, the more I begin to understand his word. And not only that, the more I begin to show others around me that same love that he shows me. God is so faithful. God is so good. We need to take time each and every day. To understand that we have a God in heaven that watches over us, that loves, that loves us like there's no tomorrow. There's no words in the English language, in any language, that could truly, truly, truly describe so we could comprehend the fullness of the love of God for each and every one of us in here. And that's, that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. That's a love that no one in here has ever felt upon this earth except from God. Amen. That's the love of God, and that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the love of God. You know what? Let me pray real quick before we get going on this. Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to share. I pray that today, Lord Father God, that you would help me, Lord, that you would anoint my lips, Lord Father God, that you would help me to preach your word, that you would help me, Lord Father God, to come forth without hesitation, Lord, without fear, that I would just come boldly in confidence as I read from your word, Lord Father God, and I pray that your word, Lord, not my words, but yours, Lord Father God, will begin to change lives today, Lord. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know you today, I pray that they would leave here today, Father God, knowing that they could be set free by the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just begin to move, that your spirit would begin to flow through this service. Go through every aisle, Lord Father God. Touch every heart. Prepare us, Lord, as we read your word, as we open up your word and we begin to read from it, Lord. I pray that your word, Lord Father God, would transform our lives. I ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. We got a lot of scripture today. We got a lot of scripture today because, like I said, it's going to be God's word that's going to change lives. I could say anything up here, and you know what? It's just going to be whatever. It's just me, but through the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you right now, it's God who will change lives. Get into that word. Open it up and begin to read. Everything that I say today, I want to confirm to you in God's word. This isn't just me. This isn't just my opinions. And I believe God has given me enough scripture today that I could I could. Bring that scripture out and confirm everything that God has told me to write down on this paper. We've made God out to be a lot of things, but more than anything, he's a God of love. God's love is not based on emotions or feelings. God's love is unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. 
I'm grateful that God's love is not based on my personal merit each week. God's love for us does not increase or decrease depending on what kind of week we had spiritually. As a matter of fact, Romans 5 and 8 says this, But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. You could be having a down week. You could be having a bad week. It's not going to alter the love that God has for you. It's not going to change that the, the love that God has for you. We don't have to earn God's love. We just have to live by it. If you, don't lo- if you love the Lord, you're going to live for the Lord. The more I think, pray, meditate on God's love for me, the more it causes me to run to him to spend time with the Lord in prayer and his word and to share the love with others. And I'm telling you, God is a God of love, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what you're going through. He's a God of love. I have a section of scripture here. We'll turn to Jude chapter. Well, there's only one chapter. Turn to uh, to Jude. (laughs) Praise God. Just say amen when you get there. God is so faithful, so full of love. Oh, I pray, I pray we leave here today with a new outlook on God's love for our life. Man, oh my. Just take it further than you've ever thought about it before and just ask God, show me your love, Heavenly Father. Jude chapter 1, verse 17. It says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And of others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. I'm telling you the word of God. If we'll begin to read it, if we'll begin to read it and we'll begin to study it, God will show you his love all throughout his word. Verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God, working, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Church, if we're going to be looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, that's us looking and waiting for Christ's return. Amen? Knowing that he could come at every day. We are to live each day being mindful that Christ could return at any moment. And I ask you, are you ready for his return? Are you ready for Christ to return? Amen. If we'll keep ourselves in the love of God, like his word says to do, if we'll keep ourselves in the love of God, we will be ready. How do we keep ourselves in the love of God? Verse 20 tells us two things we must do. The first one is this. It says, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. How do I build myself up on my most holy face? I'll tell you how. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
We need to begin to open up our Bibles and we need to begin to read every single day. We need to read and study the Word of God. And in doing so, we will be building up our most holy faith. A faith that we don't normally possess. A faith that God will give us through the reading of His Word. Amen? Building up that faith. And if we'll do that, it's going to help us to stay in the love of God. Amen. I told you before, it was probably over two years ago now that I got injured at work and I was out of work for three months. And in those three months, there was a lot of things I could have did. We could have planned some family vacations. We could have done a lot of different things. But I'm telling you, God sat me down at my table each and every day and I began to study the word of God like I've never studied it before. And it was life changing. In those three months, I'm telling you, my life was transformed by the word of God. Because he increased my faith, because I got to know this great God that I've been talking about, that I've been serving, that I've been walking with, the more I read his word, the more I knew him, amen, the more I knew I was in his presence and in his love, the more fullness of him was in my life, amen, but God had to take my knee out from underneath me, amen. The, de the, the devil tried to kill me with it, tried to not take me out at work, but let me tell you something, God turned it around. God used it as a, as a, as a pivot in my life, and I'm talking about... He used that situation to absolutely transform my walk with him. Amen. And God can do that. You might be in a situation right now that you don't like. Something might have happened and you might not understand it. But let me tell you something. God is working in your life. If you're serving him, if you're seeking him, God's doing something. And from that day forward, from when I hurt my knee, I'm telling you, God transformed my life. Amen. And I thank God for that. It's not always what we want. It wasn't what I wanted for in my career or, or for it to happen to my body. But praise God, he did something that you couldn't put a price tag on what God gave me throughout that three months. Amen. That time, I never had time like that to really devote my, my entire day to the studying of his word. Amen. And like I said, I could have done a lot of things, but God put it on my heart to open his word and begin to study and begin to research and begin to pray. And I'm telling you, it was life changing. That's one of the two things. The second thing is this. It says, praying in the Holy Ghost, letting the Spirit of God guide and direct our path. God, we let God direct our prayer life, develop that prayer life, pray without ceasing, and commune with God often. Amen. We must be about prayer. We must not hesitate to get alone with God. I mean, I don't care if you're driving down the road or what the case is. I find myself looking for every opportunity just to talk to God. It's so powerful. It's so, it's so refreshing to the soul to just know that it doesn't matter where you're at. You don't have to be in a church service. You could be, you could be in the, your car driving to work, and you could turn the radio down, and you, do, you could just begin to talk with the Lord. Amen? And, and I do that often because I'm in my, my work vehicle a lot. And so while I'm in there, I don't want to, I want to make the best of the time that I have. Amen? There's only so much time that we have, and we need to make sure that we're communing with the Lord. Staying close to God in prayer. You know, we compare it sometimes, you know, we, we try to make examples uh, of different things in our life and as far as, you know, relationships. We want to have a close relationship with God, then we need to spend time with God. Amen? We hear it all the time, you know. How, how good of a relationship would you have with your spouse if you never talked to her? Amen? Or you never talked to him? And it, it was funny because I was thinking when we were driving out here, I began to think, a lot of times when I'm at work, nowadays in construction, everybody's got an earpiece in, right? And there's guys listening to music. There's guys listening to podcasts. People listen to everything. Well, I put my earpiece in, and there's a lot of times I like to just call my wife. 
And, uh, you know, I'm just wandering around the job sites or working or driving from place to place. And I'm just bugging her. You know, I'm just on the phone with her. I'm just calling her. And, and I'm just, we could be on the phone for a couple hours. Amen. And that's okay. And, uh, you know, not all the time, but there, there's been times where she'll just blatantly say, you know, been on the phone for a couple hours. Is there a point to this conversation? Absolutely not. There is no point to the conversation. I just want to know that you're there. Amen. And I talk to her and maybe I'll go five minutes without saying anything because I'm working. Amen. Amen. But I love my wife. And so I love to just know that I can. I mean, that we're just there kind of like I'm at work. She's at home. But I know that we can still communicate and talk. And, uh, you know, she'll be the first one to tell me it's not the same as hanging out. Amen. But praise God, it's an opportunity to talk and, and, and to fellowship. And, and I love her and, it, and it's good. And I just think about how I could sit on the phone with her for a couple hours, and, 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 and I love it. She might not because she's trying to get stuff done, but it, it's entertaining because I'm at work, you know, and, and I enjoy it. And I want her sometimes I, I'm doing what I'm doing, and, and uh, you know, I, I sit there and go, I wonder if she's wondering what I'm doing. And she's not. She usually really isn't, but she's doing stuff at the house. But I, I just love, I love talking with her, even though it could seem meaningless or pointless to some people. To me, it, 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 it means a lot because, I, like I said, I love her, and it's great to do that. And with God, it's no different. When it comes to serving God and talking with the Lord, I mean, let's just spend time with God. Amen? You're probably thinking maybe you should stop talking to your wife and stop talk, start talking to the Lord. Amen? Well, you know, She's probably praying that I would do that so she can get something done around the house. But I just begin to think about every opportunity we have to, to speak with the Lord or to read his word. And believe me, I know being a family man, life is busy with the kids and everything that's going on. Life is super busy, but we need to take the opportunity, take the time, make the time to get alone with God. Amen. God is so faithful. God's love for us, God's love for us is immeasurable and incomparable. Think about that. Just think about it. It couldn't be measured, and there's nothing that can compare to it. Amen? There's nothing that can compare to the love that God has for each and every one of us. And I'm glad the kids are in here this morning because as we were, we were out of town this weekend, but I began to think of the love of God, and I began to think how much he must truly love us. Amen? Me being one of his children, each and every one of us being a child of God, and I began to think about my own kids. And I begin to think about Mia, and I begin to think about Ava, and I begin to think about the love that I have for them, and it's a lot of love. And just like you love your kids, believe me, I love my kids. What would you do for your kids? You'd do anything for your kids, amen? You would do anything to protect them. You would do anything to protect your children, amen? And let me tell you something. As much as we love our kids, as much as we love them with all of our hearts, God's love is greater. God's love for us we couldn't even scratch the surface as far as what we, how, how much we love our kids. I mean, look over at your kid right now and just think. Just think about the, the love that you have for them. For them, God's love is greater. God's love is greater. You know, there might be times when little Mia here, as beautiful and precious as she is, she might step out of bounds, amen? There might be times when she might do things that are not pleasing, and there's times that we do things that are not pleasing before the Lord, amen? And there might be times where I'm upset with her, and there might be times where she knows I'm going to have to paddle that backside, amen? I don't like to do it. I do not like to do it, but it needs to be done, amen? But there's times where she'll do things that I'm not pleased with, 
And that's the same thing with God. There's times where we do things that he's not pleased with. But let me tell you something. I might be angry with, her, with my daughter. I might be upset. I might be a little bit disappointed, but I'll never stop loving her. That love is still there. You might be furious at something one of your kids did, but it does not take away that love. God's love is stronger than that love. Amen. No matter what you do, no matter where you've been, no matter what sin you've been involved in, let me, involved in, let me tell you something. God's love is greater than any of that. You're not going to take that away from God. Let me tell you, you could look around. You could look out there in the streets. You could see that homeless man crawling out of that cardboard box. He was made in the image of God. Amen. Just like me. Just like you. God is faithful. God is faithful. We might be sitting here in this church today, and we might be dressed, well, nicer than we used to dress or, 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 or whatever it might be. But let me tell you something. God saved us. God rescued us. God rescued us from a life of sin. Amen. I was, I was sitting, and I, and I was thinking. I've been serving God for 14 years now, and I just think about where God took, brought me from. There's times there's times when God will remind me or he will allow a thought to come to my mind and I could do one of two things with it. I could either act upon it or I could just use my, I could use the ability that God has given me to see things spiritually. Amen. God will give us, he will allow thoughts to come into our mind and we need to take it for what it is and we need to see the spiritual side of things. And it wasn't that, it was probably last year sometime. I just remembered and it was out of, it was out of nowhere and I, maybe I've shared this with you before. But the devil will have us in that life of sin where I came from. That life of sin that I came from. And some of you know my testimony. But he'll have us in such a place so down low. The devil will have us pushed down so low. And, I, and every once in a while I'll remember this. I remember one night I was out there in the streets and I was roaming the streets all night. I was out of my mind. I was out of my mind. And I remember I had walked so far that night. And for whatever reason, I don't even know why I was out there or what I was doing, but I was, I was thirsty. I was thirsty. And it was the middle of the night, and I was walking down the sidewalk in some neighborhood somewhere. I don't even know where I was at. But I remember that thirst was there, and I remember I seen some sprinklers on it in front of an apartment complex. And I remember I got down on my hands and knees like an animal, and I began to drink from that sprinkler. I began to drink from that sprinkler, and God reminded me of that. And I begin to think, that's what the devil does. The devil would like to turn us into animals, amen. He'll take us and he'll put us and he'll drag us further than we ever planned to go in that life of sin. If you're not careful, the devil will turn you into an animal, amen. But I thank God that he got me. He stood me up, amen. He, he washed me off. I ain't, I'm not on my hands and knees anymore drinking like a dog, amen. He saved me. He set me free. But God will allow thoughts to come into our mind. And I thank God for his love. I thank God that even when I was down there that way, that he still loved me. He still loved me. He loved me like there was no tomorrow. And it was a love that wasn't going to fade away. Amen. And he held on. And he preserved my life long enough for me to open up them blinded eyes and see that love. And it was that love that set me free. It was the love that put Christ on a cross. Amen. It was love. And that's what we, we, we need to, when we think of God, we need to think of that love. Like I said, we can love our children until we're blue in the face, but it's not going to scratch the surface of the love that our Heavenly Father has for each and every one of us. Amen. 
I thank God. I thank God for our children, but I thank God that I have a heavenly father, that I have a heavenly father that I can look up to and cry out to in any day, at any moment, in any time of need, amen, who loves me unconditionally. He loves me so very much, and he wants only the best for me, amen. He's a God who will protect me each and every day of my life, even when I step out of bounds. He might not be happy, but he still loves me. He still loves me, and he instructs me, amen. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God. We could take the love that we have for our children, and we can multiply it a million times, and it still won't compare to the love that God has for us. I don't know about you, but that gives me a confidence in knowing that if I will live for God and embrace his love, that we just can't lose, church. We just can't lose. No matter what you're up against, no matter how impossible the situation might seem, God's love will sustain you. God's love will keep you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Last week, last week I got an opportunity for the first time in, in probably a, a little over a year to go into the jails. Amen. I got an email on, a, on a last Monday night uh, asking me if I would. Um, it was from a chaplain over here at Theo Lacey in the jail here in Orange County, asking me if I would join him to sit in on one of his services um, so I can learn the new protocol after all the COVID restrictions and everything like that. And so they have all these new rules and regulations and, and uh, the options that we always have, they're always wanting us to go in on a Thursday night. Well, we need to be in the house of God on a Thursday night. Not saying that we're not going to go have church down there, but this is where we get fed. Amen. This is if I'm going to take anything to them down there in the jails, I need to be getting fed as well. Amen. And so it's always on Thursday night. So we haven't been able to really go in there and take part in in sitting in in, in the process there. But this time he gave he gave us a couple different options. One of them was that night, but it had already passed because I read the email at night. Then it was on Wednesday at one o'clock, which I, I normally get off work at noon, but I'd have to go home and come back. And so I said, you know what? And then there was Thursday night. I said, the only opportunity I have is going to be Wednesday, Wednesday during the day. I said, I'm going to leave work a couple hours early, and I need to get in there. It's been a while. Amen. It's been a while. Sometimes you got to make some sacrifice if you want to do something for the kingdom of God. Amen. And I know God gave me a heart for those men in, in, in the jails and to share with them and let them know. They need to know that there's a hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And they can leave, they can leave transformed from that facility. Amen. They can leave new men in Christ Jesus. And so I went, I, I said, you know what? I emailed the guy Tuesday night, I, the chaplain. I said, hey, I'd like to join you on Wednesday. If that's okay, please let me know. He never responded. He never responded. And I was at work on Wednesday morning knowing he was going to have this ser- service on um, that afternoon. And I said, you know, I kept checking my email all, all day long, you know, like every every hour, probably more than that, really, and refreshing it and just seeing like, oh, man, he's not responding, but I really want to go. I said, you know what? I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to show up. I don't really know this guy, but I'm going to show up, and I'll see if God's going to open the doors of that jail and let me go in. Amen? So I went home early. I got ready. I prayed up, took a shower. I went down to that jail, and I I parked my truck, and I walked, and it's a good walk over at Theo Lacey. It's some good exercise right there. I walked over there, and I walked into the place, and they say, what could I help you with? And I'm like, oh, I'm here um, to meet up with the chaplain. I need to go in for church services. And, they're like, and so they're like, oh, come on in. And so I went in, and they're like, they really didn't have a clue who I was there to see. Uh, these are the sheriffs. They're just kind of processing people, visitors and whatnot. And so I was there, and I'm like, oh, this isn't looking good. I might have came down here 
for nothing. But you know what? When it comes to serving God, sometimes you got to take chances. You got to step out. You got to step out in faith. Amen. So I was there at the counter, and they're like, they're just not understanding why I'm even there. I don't have clearance to go in by myself. I, I, I need that chaplain to, to, to escort me into the facility or into the actual pods where the inmates are at. And so I'm standing there at the front counter, and he's like, what did you say the chaplain's name was? And I told him his last name. He's like, oh, that's the guy that's in the bathroom right now. I said, well, praise God. That's right there. I said, okay. And so he comes walking out and all fast, and he goes and grabs his guitar. And I'm like, hey, chaplain, uh, chaplain Bill, hey, it's me, Daniel. I emailed you like, oh, hey, how's it going? I didn't know you were going to come today. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I came down. I was wondering if I could join you for the service. He's like, come on, let's go. And so long story short, they gave me the badge. We went into the, we went into the housing unit. And like I said, his email told me I was going to join him for his service. Amen. And we get in there and he said, well, he's all, uh, he's all, did you prepare anything? I said, oh, well, not really. I mean, you never responded. I just kind of showed up. You know what I mean? And you only gave me one day notice. And I said, but I brought my notebook. I brought my notebook, right? So, and, and that's very important. When, when you're studying the word of God and God speaks something, write it down. Write it down, and then you could go back and you could study it later, or you could, you could bring it to these inmates, or you could take it the next time someone calls you out of the clear blue sky and you didn't expect it. But that's what happened. We got in there, and, and he wanted to know what I was all about. Amen. And he asked me, hey, why don't you do it then? Why don't you, why don't you do this service? And I said, wow. This is, and I've seen this guy before at an orientation. He was kind of intimidating. And I was like, oh. And I knew he's all about God's business. Amen. I knew it. I knew it. But you know what? I went down there to be a part of God's business. Amen. And we all have that in us. The spirit of God that's in us. Amen. That'll, that'll, it's God that enables us to do anything, anything worth any meaning. It's going to be God and the Holy Spirit working through you. And so I went, he, he told me I was going to do the service. I said, okay. And I kind of just turned around and I started praying like crazy. I started looking through my notebook like crazy. And I said, you know what? I don't know why I'm so worried. God always shows up. God always shows up. My wife makes fun of me all the time. I'm telling you, my wife just laughs now. Every time I'm asked to share, I'm a nervous wreck. I'm like a little girl. I'm just like, I'm just going nuts at the house. And she's like, you're ridiculous. You are always doing this. And you know, God always shows up. And, I, and even though she tells me this, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. And then I'm just still worried sick all week. But here I am in this jail and I got about, I don't know, three, maybe four minutes to make sure I have a message prepared for uh, you know, uh, a two-hour church service, no less, because we're supposed to have two services, and he's like, I like to take the whole time with just one. I said, praise God. Praise God. We're going to go two hours. Okay. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm getting ready. I'm reading through my notes, and I'm praying, and I'm just skimming through the Bible here, and I just said, you know what? I already know. I already know once they come in, God's going to take off on these guys. God's going to cut loose on them. He's going to start. He's going to start setting them straight. Amen. He always does. And so I'm like, you know what? I think I got something. I'm going to share this with them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with God. You know, God put a little something in my heart for them. I said, you know what? I'm going to share with these men exactly what God is putting on my heart right now. And I'm like, got a little, a moment of confidence. You know, I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. We're going to do this. And I'm like, talking, I'm talking to the chaplain and we're talking about different stuff. And, and they're like, all of a sudden we hear the sheriff call over the radio. All right, we're sending them up. We're like, praise God. Here we go. And I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I have a confidence. And, and, and we're up high. We're in, like, a holding tank that's, like, say, up, up, you know, probably 15, 20 feet above the level where the inmates come out of their pods. And it's all glass. And, I, and I'm up there, and we're up there, and, and the, the chaplain's talking to me, and I'm talking to him. And, I'm, and, and, and I can see the inmates. The doors open. They start coming out, and they start heading up the stairs. And I'm just talking to this chaplain, and I'm just feeling great. And I look over. 
and there's a bunch of women coming up the stairs. And I said, oh, man, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect that. <laughs> I didn't expect, I've never preached to women before or whatever. And then it dawned on me. These weren't women. I was in the men's facility. And so I began to pray. I'm talking instantly. I began to pray, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. I need you. This is not what I expected. This is not what I thought I was going to be doing. And I begin to pray. And let me tell you something. As I begin to pray, and believe me, I was praying because everything I thought I had went right out the window. And I begin to pray. And the Spirit of God came over me. He said, you tell them how much I love them. And I was like, praise God. And, and it was telling, when God tells you something, you're not going to get away from it. He told me, when they get in there, you tell them about my love. You tell them how much I love them. You tell them how much I love them. And that's exactly what I did. They came in and the Holy Spirit began to move and the Holy Ghost began to talk to them. When there was times when I might have been thinking I was in the presence of a woman, the Holy Ghost kept calling them a man. They said, listen, men, just kept telling them over and over and over. And I began to preach life to them. I began to preach Christ to them. Amen. I began to tell them about a God who loves them no matter what, no matter what, what they're bound by, no matter what perversion, no matter what drugs they were bound by, no, what, no matter what lie they believe from the enemy. God was seeing right through it, amen? Though the world might see them as trash, though the world might see them as nothing, may the world might have thrown them out, but it doesn't matter because God is not someone who's going to turn his back. His, his love is everlasting, amen? And the love that he has for them, there's nothing that could take that away. It doesn't matter what kind of a life of sin that they got involved with. And I told them that. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. The blood of Jesus Christ can wash you, cleanse you, and set you free, amen? Before I came to God before I came to Christ I was bound amen not in the same situation as them but I was bound nonetheless and so were you amen sin is sin and we all need to be set free from that sin and we serve a God who's more than able who loves us so very very much and I begin to preach to those men and I begin to tell them how much God loved them and as I'm sharing I'm telling you it's probably not what they're used to hearing And one of them, I could just see tears begin to start coming down his face, coming down his cheeks. And I'm not giving it that much attention because I'm just trying to stay focused on telling him about the love of God. And I kept going and going and going. And we had church. Amen. We had church in there. And and it was it was it was amazing. And I and I've come to a place where when I know that God is moving and God is working, I'm telling you, it does something in me, amen? And it does something. When we do something for the kingdom, when we do something for God, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God begins to amplify in our lives, amen? And I thank God, I thank God. You might be thinking right now in your life, even though you're walking with God and serving Him with your whole heart and earnestly praying for a breakthrough, that you don't feel His love. You might think that nothing good is happening for you, or you might even feel that you're being punished. Maybe you're going through something right now, and you just don't know why. Let's look at another side of God's great love for us. Amen? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness and your love. Say amen when you get there. Hebrews chapter 12.
I'm still nervous, amen. I might not act like it, but I am. You guys are making me thirsty. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3. We'll start in verse 3. Hebrews 12, verse 3, it says this. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God deal with you as with sons. Amen. I thank God. I thank God that he'll rebuke me, that he'll correct me when I step out. Amen. Step out of bounds. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you, but if you being without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which, which, which have corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Verse 11 says this, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous nevertheless. Afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You might feel like you're going through something. You might feel like you're being punished. It might not feel good. It says right here. It says it right here. It says, for no chastening for the present seem to be jo- seems to be joyous. I'm telling you, yeah, I know it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. But there's times that we need it, amen. We don't let our children have everything they want. And our Heavenly Father, who loves us more than words can describe, isn't going to allow us to have everything we want either. You see, He removes from our lives things that He knows could possibly cause us to fall. Whether that be a job, a house, a relationship, or anything else that could be a stumbling, block, a stumbling block for our walk with our Heavenly Father. God loves us, church. We can trust Him. Amen. We can trust Him. There's times I'm watching my kids and they're doing whatever they're doing. I said, no, they're going to fall. They're going to stab themselves with that. I need to take that away. They might have wanted to play with it. They might have wanted to do it, but I had to take it away. And they might not have been happy about it, but it was for their good. Amen. And sometimes God removes things from our lives because he loves us. Amen. Sometimes God has to rebuke us. Sometimes God has to put us in a place, put us in a corner for a few minutes until we realize that we had stepped out of bounds. Sometimes what we think is a blessing is a curse. Amen. We want things for our lives that have nothing to do with the will of God. And we need to remember that we have a heavenly father watching over us that even though we might think we know what we want. My daughter asked me for stuff all the time. And some of the times, it's crazy. I'm like, have you lost your mind? No, you cannot have that. I've told her before, just joking with her, hey, you want to drive home? And when we're in my truck, she's like, yeah, yeah, I want to drive. I said, no, you're not driving home. Let me tell you something. We want a lot of things, you know, but we have a heavenly father who will be there to correct us and rebuke us and stop us when we step out of bounds. And I thank God for that. And that's love. Amen. That's love. That's true love. Knowing that we might be hurt, but knowing in the long run, looking at the whole picture, knowing that later on, looking, all, looking at all eternity, 
God's doing what he knows is best for his children. Amen. Thank God for his love. Thank God for the chastisement of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I praise God for that. When I was putting this together, I was thinking, I, 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 I was thinking about a situation that I went through this past couple years. It wasn't really a situation, but it was just something God did in my life. And when God does something, I'm always telling everyone, you need to testify. You need to share what God does because that, that's what increases faith. And, and, whatever, and for whatever reason, the way God does stuff, it's inspiring for sometimes for some people. Amen. It's exactly what someone needed to hear sometimes. But as I was putting this together, I said, you know what? I watched the love of God firsthand in somebody else's life. We all, we all see. We, it's sometimes hard for us to see in our own life. Because we're in denial, but no, God's doing stuff in our life. But it's so easy to look at someone else's life and just see how blessed they are. It's so easy to see the love of God upon someone else's life. Isn't that true? You could look at someone else's life and you'd be like, man, God loves that person. He's doing all kinds of stuff for that person. But sometimes we're in denial that we don't see it for ourselves. But let me tell you, it's there. That love is there. But God reminded me, and I had this situation, it was probably about two years ago. And I hope God helps me to go through this testimony or this this situation that happened in my life i hope he allows me to say it properly and 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 that to the there's a reason behind it is what i'm saying and so two years ago god brought this this lady into my life um i got a phone call it was it was in the late afternoon I, i got a phone call from some lady who said she got my number from someone that i did i did work at their house it was her next door neighbor and so she would she gave their number to this lady and this lady is like hey i just wanted you to know i'm, I'm elderly and this is kind of what i go, got going on and she had all kinds of stuff going on and and her bed was broken or something like that and she said on one side it was on the ground and the other side it was up and and she told me she had been partially she's partially blind she had all this stuff she couldn't walk and in my mind i had ha- I, I had a long day I had been at work all day from probably 3.30 in the morning uh, till noon. And then when I got off, I went into my other job and started doing all that. And it it was probably, if I'm not mistaken, it was probably about 5 or 6 in the evening. And I was on my way home when I received this phone call. And she was talking to me, and I'm, like, listening to her. And I said, man, how could I not go help this? I didn't want to, but that's just me being real, right? But I said, how could I not, being a Christian, go to this lady's aid, right, who, ha- I mean, she has a bed, she can't even sleep on it, right, and so I said, you know what, I said, I'm going to come by your house real quick, I-, I know where you live, I know who you are, because I've seen her out in her garage before when I worked at this other lady's house, and so I went over there, and yeah, her bed was broken, I said, you know, what? I'm going to go to Home Depot, and buy some stuff, I'm going to come back, I'm going to fix this thing, and we'll get it so you can sleep on your bed again, she was sleeping, sitting upright in a chair, <clears throat> and so when I went into her house, the first thing I noticed is, is that she was a hoarder, you know, there was stuff everywhere, um, not as bad as you'd see in a TV show, but pretty bad. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of taking notice to all this stuff. I'm trying to get all this stuff done. I want her to be able to sleep in her, in her bed. You know, she hadn't been in, in her bed had been broken for months. And so I'm doing all this, and, and my wife's calling me. Where are you? I'm like, oh, some lady called me. I'm just trying to help her real quick, you know, before I go home. And, and she's like, what lady? You know, of course. I, well, she's 75. Don't worry. You're safe. You're good. You're good. She's only 75. And so I'm over here doing all this stuff, and, I, and I'm trying to help this lady, and I'm in there. And while I'm in there working, she's talking, and, and, and I'm, just, I'm just ministering to this lady. This lady, she's, she was a mess. I mean, the house was a mess, but she was a mess. And I'm just ministering to her, and I'm trying to get the job done, and, and she just puts me, me out of list. I mean, 
a mile long of other stuff she needs done. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just make a list and we'll start chipping away at it. Not all tonight, but we'll get it taken care of. Amen. Anyway, so this lady, she was so sweet and she lived alone and she had no children. She did have family, but they lived very far away. But she had no kids of her own and she'd never been married. And like I said, she was 75 and she was alone. She was alone, and she couldn't walk. She rolled around on a, on a chair in her house, like, a, like an office chair. And then she could grab onto the rail and, and drag herself kind of up the stairs to her room. But she couldn't walk, and so she asked me while I was there if I could take out her trash. And then I said, yeah, of course. Of course I'll take out your trash. And I said, well, can you check my mail while you're out there, too? Because the mail is way out. I'm talking about 800 feet down the driveway um, at the front of the complex. I said, yeah, I'll check your mail. She gave me her keys. So I went and took her trash out, and I checked her mail, and I fixed all this other stuff. And I said, hey, it's getting late. I said, I'll come back, and we'll, we'll fix this other stuff. You know, she had a ceiling fan she needed fixed. She needed a light done up. She needed a new toilet. She needed all kinds of stuff. And I said, yeah, we'll do all this. I said, let me come back. And I gave her my, you know, she already had my number, but I, I, I basically gave her the opportunity to share with me. I said, you know, tell me about yourself, you know, so I know, you know, what's going on with you. And she was telling me, you know, that she had never been married, you know, and she'd always lived alone and. And um, she told me, because I told her I was a Christian, she began to tell me, you know, I used to go to church many, many years ago. She said, I haven't been to church in 10, 15, 20 years. I don't remember what it was that she said, but she used to go to a, a Baptist church, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And after that took place, things just at that church, they, they ran her out of there. Amen. And, and she was bitter, and she was hurt, and uh, she never went back to church again after that. And, and so I began to tell her, you know, and, and you hear this a lot. People leave the church because of something somebody did or some, something somebody said. And I, and I always tell them, you know what? You need to just remember, you're not there for them. You're there for God. Amen. And if someone might hurt you, that's, 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 that's on them. They're going to have to repent of that, but you need to keep moving forward with God. But I ministered to, the, to her that night. And I ministered to her the next time and the next time. And I don't even know how it worked out, but it was just God had his hand on the whole situation. But I just felt less. You know what? You don't live that far from me. It's only a five-minute drive. I said, I'm going to come once a week. I'm going to take out your trash, and I'll check your mail. And she's like, would you really do that? I said, yeah. Yeah, and this is, I'm not doing this for money either. I'm just doing this, okay? I'm just going over there because God gave me the opportunity to do what we've all been called to do, amen, which is to, to reach out to those, to the widows or to the, to the feeble or to the poor and just be there for them, amen? And so I started going over there, but every time I go over there, I call her the day before and I tell her what time I'd be there and she'd have all the trash bags outside right by the front door and she'd have her mail key waiting for me. I'd pull up, I'd do all that stuff, and, and I'd stand there at her doorstep, and I'd minister to her probably 15, 20 minutes. And I'm talking, we did this for probably a year, year and a half maybe. And every time I went over there, she'd have prayer requests for me. And, and I watched as God just began to move in her life. And I watched as God, as that little fire begin to be kindled again within her. And I watched her come out of a place of bitterness, amen, and she came to a place of victory. I'm telling you, when I first went over there, she, she said, oh, I know God. And when I, I'm telling you, towards the end there, let me tell you, this lady was fired up for God. I was giving her prayer requests, amen. I said, hey, let me tell you, so I need some prayer. We'd be standing there in her doorway, and I'd be laying hands on her and praying for her. We'd be praying for her family. She'd always want me to pray for her lost loved ones, her nieces and her nephews. Her sisters had all passed away, <clears throat> so all she had left were her nieces and nephews. And, and, and I could tell she was that aunt. You know what I mean? Like no one went around her. She was just that aunt to them, and, and, and she loved them with all of her heart. And a lot of people probably would have thought that this lady was a little bit different, you know, but you know what? I just watched as 
God just showed me his love for her. And I kept going over there. And I'm telling you, we built a, we built a nice little relationship. And there was a lot of little things that took place and that happened that, that God just showed me. Like, there was a lot of times I told my wife, say, hey, you got to get some of the ladies from the church. you got to go over there, man. I can't be talking to this lady all day long over here. She wants to talk. And he, she's like, I said, you need to get over there and fellowship. She needs some fellowship with the ladies from the church. Amen. And so we'd always try to plan it. And, and, and because of the condition of her house, she never really wanted anyone besides me at her house and I get it and so there would always be times and I said oh my wife could come clean your house for you and and my wife of course says, thank you for volunteering that I said yeah praise God and 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 we'd always plan for these things but it never happened and God really showed me something sometimes it's not for anyone else to do it's for it's for us amen sometimes when God sets a plan and he sets us in motion it's not for us to hand it off to somebody else it's for you to do or for me to do amen and to minister to that lady that was that was a task that God gave me to do even though I tried to pawn it off on my wife and tell her oh yeah yeah get everyone over there and have church over there in her front no God wanted me to minister to this woman and and it worked out perfectly because I watched over that time span that I just watched I mean, this lady was on fire for God. 24 hours a day, she's telling me she's watching the TV. She's watching the messages. She's listening to things. She's reading. She's praying. God restored her. Amen? God restored her. And I said all that to say, I said all this, I, I said all that to say this. Well, let me go, let, let me tell you one more thing. Louis Conchola called me one day because he's in charge of that property, the property this lady lived in. He said, hey, Danny. He said, that lady, you go over there to her house sometimes. Hey, she passed away. I said, and it broke my heart because there were times where there was weeks where I didn't want to go where the flesh was like, man, I don't want to go take the trash out. I don't want to do, but I went anyways. Amen. Because she had nobody. And sometimes we need to step up to the plate and be what God has called us to be because maybe those people don't have anyone else. But when he told me that my heart broke, my heart broke because she had a lot of life left in her. Amen. She might have been 75. She couldn't walk. She was partially blind. She had all kinds of stuff going on. But she was nowhere near death's door. Nowhere near it. I'm talking, it took me, it caught me off guard. It surprised me. It shocked me. It really did. Almost to the point where it took a day or two for me even to believe it. I think I even called her phone number after he told me this. I just was like, maybe he's got the wrong lady. Amen. Maybe it's the wrong. Because I was supposed to go the next day. I go once a week. And the next day was going to be the day that I went. And I said, and I know this lady, so I, I begin to think of the circumstances surrounding how they found her because nobody goes to her house. Nobody goes to her house. She would have a little circuit of friends that she would talk to for hours, other older women that she would talk to uh, for hours on end on the phone, and, and, but no one would go to her house. And I thought to myself, if, if she passed away, and he told me she passed away in her sleep, and I said, oh, dear Lord, how long was she by herself? And how did they find her? And I just began, my heart broke. My heart broke because in just doing what God puts on all of our hearts, something that all of us should be doing, he began to move in such a way in my life. He began to do something in her, and he did something in me. Whatever it was, it was, it was God doing something in both of us. And I didn't even realize it. She used to tell me almost every time I was, oh, you're just an angel sent from heaven. You're just an angel sent from heaven. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just, I just want to help you out. I can help you. It's not that big a deal. But let me tell you something. Just as much as I meant to her, she meant to me. Just as much as, as God was doing something through me, God was using her for me as well. And I didn't even realize it until she was gone. 
And I remember thinking, like, all those times that I didn't even want to go over there because I'm like, you know, you're tired, you know, or whatever. And then I begin to think, now I can't go over there. And I was sad. I was like, now I can't go take her trash out, you know. Now I can't go over there. There's no one there anymore. But I just remember thinking, God, God showed me. He showed me something that, and this is for somebody here. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter if you walked away from God. God knows exactly where you're at. For 15 or 20 years, this lady paid no mind to the things of the kingdom. But let me tell you something. God never forgot her address. He never forgot where she was at. She had no visitors to her home, but God knew exactly what she needed. He did what only God could do. He took away her vision. He took away her ability to walk, and it caused her to do something which was cause someone like me to have to come to her house week after week after week and take out her trash and check her mail just to remind her of how much God loved her. Amen. And I begin to think that's the kind of God we serve, that even though she went away and she lived alone and there wasn't going to be anybody going to her house, God sent someone to her house. Amen. You might have a loved one who walked away from God and they're out there in this world and they're doing whatever. They haven't escaped where they haven't escaped from God, from his presence. Amen. He knows where they're at and he'll send somebody. He'll draw them back at that right moment, at that right hour. But we serve a God of restoration. I watched something happen in that lady's life. She was fired up for God. And, and I telling you, that lady used to roll around in that chair in that house and, uh, I mean, she couldn't do much of anything, but I promise you, that moment that she took her last breath, I'm telling you, she was dancing on streets of gold. She wasn't rolling around in a chair. She wasn't broken body or hurt. She was in the presence of God Almighty. And God used that situation in only a way that God can do, and it changed me. It changed me. It, it, it made me want to do more for others. You know what I mean? It was like... I don't know how they say it, but it was just, it made me want to continue doing such things for others. Amen. And so, you know, here's another thing I want to share with you. That same situation. God gave me this while I was preparing this message. And I, and I want to say to someone in here, you might feel like you're insignificant. You might feel like what you're doing is, is, not, is not, that, it's not that big a deal. Or you might think that nobody's noticing. I want to tell you, when it comes to the kingdom of God, what you're doing is significant. It is significant. It does matter. And I tell you that because of, I tell you that because of this. I didn't know anybody that this lady knew. There was one lady sh that I had her number that she wanted me to go clean something out of her house. So she gave me one of her friend's number. And I had to call that friend and let her know that her, one of her best friends had passed away. And she didn't know. And it, and it broke my heart to tell her. And, 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 and after I told her, this woman, she'd call, me, she'd call me two, three times a day for weeks. She said, Danny, I just still can't believe it. And she didn't know me. She just knew I was the guy that went over and took out her trash and got her mail and all this other stuff. But she just, and I just began to pour into her. Amen. I began to pour into her and, and just let her know, hey, I said, Sherry's where you know and I know she's wanted to get to her entire life. I said, she's no longer broken. Her body's no longer broken. Let me tell you, she has been made perfect. She's in the presence of God right now. This, this is where she wanted to be. And I tried to encourage this woman because this woman, believe it or not, was bitter as well. She used to go to church, and she used to 
she used to be a part of a church and somebody hurt her feelings. Somebody hurt her at that church and same thing it had been 10, 15 years, she told me. And I had to do, I had to, it was like starting all over. My wife said, what is going on with you? These ladies keep calling you. What are you, what is going on? I said, I don't know. All I know is they need some reminder that God hasn't forgotten about them. Amen. God loves them. God loves them. But because of all the COVID restrictions and whatnot, this la- and I didn't know any of her family. I didn't have any of their numbers. I had my wife, wife try to find them on Facebook and all this different stuff, and we weren't having any luck. Finally, one day I went over there. I drove by the property, and there was a car there, and I went up and I knocked on the door, and it was uh, a brother-in-law of hers who um, his wife had passed away, which was a sister to this lady who had passed away. And he was there cleaning out the house, and I said, hey, uh, you don't know me. I said, but I used to come here all the time, and uh, Sherry was a really good friend of mine, and, and I, I just want to know when her services are going to be, because I'd really, she has another friend who's asking me, because we had no contact with anybody, and I said, we really want to be at her church service, or her, at her funeral services, and he's like, okay, and I gave him my number, and I left, and I remember, it had been a couple months, and then her friend had got back to me, because I gave her the number of the guy I spoke with, and she told me when the funeral was going to be, and it had been a couple months, and you know, after a couple months, not everything's so fresh or so whatever. And I remember I went to work that day, and it was on a Friday afternoon. I went to work, and I got home, and it was hot. It was, it was hot. It was hot. And I was like, man, I'm going to get all dressed up here, go out here in the sun. It's going to be so hot. I said, nobody knows me. I said, nobody knows me. I don't know any of these people. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to go. I'm just not going to go. I'm not going to go to her service. I love her. I said, but you know what? I'm not going to go. And then I, I remember I was sitting at the end of my bed, and I could just feel the spirit of God tugging on in my heart saying, you know what? She meant a lot to you. You better get up and you better go. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go honor her. I don't know anyone there. I don't even know if there's going to be anyone there, really. Uh, she had paid for this, and she had it set up 20 years ago. So she was going to have a funeral regardless of if any of her family showed up or anything like that. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go. And just as I was getting up to start getting dressed, the phone rang, and it was this friend of hers. She said, hey, Danny, I just talked to the pastor that's going to be doing her funeral, and he doesn't know anything about her. And I said, oh, okay. And he's like, so I told him you're going to talk. And I said, what? I said, what in the world? And I'm like, and I'm going by myself, and I don't know any of these people, and nobody knows me. I'm just some guy, and, it, you know, and if it was me from the outside looking in, I'm like, who is this guy going to my aunt's house every week, probably trying to rob her or something? I don't know. Just weird stuff, right? And I'm like, and she's like, so I told him you're going to speak. And I said, oh, praise the Lord. I said, okay. And I got off the phone with her, and I said, what is going on? I said, this is crazy. And I, I started getting dressed, and I was like, man, I was like, okay. And so I'm getting dressed, and I'm praying. I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm getting ready, and it's hot, and I'm going over there. And I don't know what to expect. You know, I don't even know. And I'm just like, you know what, Lord? You know what? I don't know if I get an opportunity. Well, they tell me she's already told me I'm going to be speaking. So they're going to, you know, they're going to give me that opportunity. I'm going to do what Sherry would have wanted, which all she ever cared about was her family, her, her nieces and nephew. All she ever cared about was their salvation. Every, amen. All she ever cared about was them coming to know the love of the Lord. And so I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to go after when I get there, if given the opportunity, which I know is going to be coming because this lady volunteered me. So I get over there and and. And this is where I say you might feel like you're insignificant. I walked into this place. I've never met any of these people in my life. They don't know me. And I walked in, and I told my wife it was funny because I walked in, and I sat down, and I got all these old ladies up there, and they're like, 
oh, there's this guy named Danny who's supposed to be coming, and, and Sherry would never stop talking about him, and they're just going on and on, and they're saying all kinds of weird stuff, and I'm just like sitting there, I'm like, this is super awkward. So I got up, and I left, right? I went outside for a moment, threw a mint in my mouth, and I said, oh, I, let's try going back in and sitting closer. Maybe they'll, they'll see me there, so this isn't so weird. And I walked in, and I sat a little closer, and like, oh, hey, who are you? And I'm like, oh, hi, how's it going? I'm Danny, you know? And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's, you're the one. And they're like, you're not what we expected. And I said, oh, okay. And so, um, and, and, and I'm just there talking with these women. They're like, oh, man, you know, and like, you know, <laughs> I don't know what Sherry used to tell them about me, but it was awkward. Let's just put it like that. And I'm there, and, 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 and I meet this pastor. He's going to do this thing. And, and anyways, long story short, the service starts, and, and I'm sitting there. And, and this place, it was a funeral home. There wasn't nobody saying nothing. It was like the guy who was supposed to be um, the family member who was supposed to be doing the service, he had, he had gotten COVID, so they sent him home. And um, so he wasn't there. So then some other guy, like, filled in for him who was deathly afraid to speak in front of people. So he's up there, and he's just – He's trying to talk, and, and then the pastor gets up, and he's doing his thing, and he's like, all right, I want to give this family an opportunity. And, and no one really wanted to say it. Nobody said anything. You know, nobody spoke up and said anything. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is crazy. I was just thinking about how God put this lady in my life, and I'm just nobody to her. But I got plenty to say about her. Amen? And I, and I remember they say, uh, Danny, why don't you come on up uh, and, and share a little something about Sherry? And here I am at this funeral. There's probably about 25 people there. And they give me this microphone. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I said, we're going to have church right now. Because this lady, she loves her family. And she wants them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, it might have seemed insignificant. Like I felt like nobody was good. Nobody knew me. They didn't know me. But I tell you, you could, be, you could feel like you're ins insignificant. But if you'll go and if you'll do what God has called you to do, he'll, he'll give you an audience. Amen. He'll put you where you need to be. And let me tell you something. Probably for the first time in their life, they were in a place where they couldn't just get up and walk away. They had to listen. I told them how they their aunt loved them with all of her heart, and I told them about a heavenly father who loved them even more. Amen. I told them about a, a, a savior that died on a cross for them. Amen. And they were sitting there, and they were listening, and I'm telling you, I went for about 10 or 15 minutes, and when it got done, I, th that pastor jumped in, and he started going too. We were giving them the old one-two punch at this funeral. Amen. We were going after him. Amen. And so we went outside afterwards, and people were coming up to me. They're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm just a guy who went over to fix her bed. You know, I don't know. And, and they're just like, and they're like, but you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Your aunt, she changed my life. I told them, I said, your aunt changed my life. I said, her love for the Lord, I'm telling you, was something about her was so pure and so beautiful. And, and I'm telling you, God used that situation. And it was life changing. And, and, and it was God's love that caused me to want to do that. And that's not me normally. And I'm not saying I don't want to be like that, but that's all of us. Sometimes we just need a reminder. We need to show the love of God to others. Amen. And I watched as God, who loved her, who loved her with an everlasting love, hadn't forgot about her. She, he sent someone to her house and brought her home. Amen. Reminded her of who he is. Amen. And that's the love of a heavenly father. We got to remember we serve a God who's full of love. That's the first type of love that I want to talk to you. And no, I'm not going to go all day, but there is one other type of love that I want to talk about. And that second type of love is the love that we're to have for each other. 
Amen. We're to have love for one another. We're to love unconditionally, just like Christ loved us. Amen. Just the same way God loves us, we're to extend that love towards others. Let's turn, let's open up our Bibles. I want to give you scripture for this. Let's open up to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 13. Before I read this chapter, I want to talk about the word charity. I don't want anyone to be confused or to, to think of it as something it's not. But the word charity used in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is translated from the Greek word agape. In Strong's, uh, the Strong's Concordance, when I looked it up, it defines agape as this. It's a love in the New Testament usually the act of love of God for his son, Jesus Christ, and his people. It is also used to describe the act of love his people are to have for God, for each other, and even for their enemies. Just remember as we read this chapter that the word charity is describing a powerful and a godly love. Amen. Let's read from the word of God. Chapter 13 says this. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, I am become of sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit me nothing. It profits nothing. Amen. Let me tell you something. In verses 1 through 3, Paul is talking to the church. You see, it's not the world who talks in tongues. It's not the world who prophesies, amen. That's the people in the church. And God, you, you, you better understand one thing. The word of God is for the church. The word of God is speaking to us today, amen. He's talking about a love like you might be filled with the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be obvious. There's going to be fruit to prove it, amen. Let me tell you something. You could talk in tongues, and you could do all these things. You could prophesy. You can give everything you have to the poor, but if you don't have love, it's worthless. That's what Paul's saying. If you're going to do it just for the principles of doing it, maybe for religious purposes only, let me tell you something. It's not doing anything. And I begin to think, I begin to think about how easy it is to become religious in this day and age. Amen. And I tell you, and I tell almost every time I get up here, religious people, they scare me. They really, really do. They're intimidating. Religious people, they'll run you out of a building. Amen. They'll run you out of a city. They'll run you out of a church like they did in Sherry's life. Amen. Religious people, there's no love involved with that. We're not talking about a dead religion. We're talking about a living Christ, amen, that lives in each and every one of us. We come to church, and we need to be full of love. We need to be full of love. And whoever walks through these doors, if you come into this church, we need to be pouring out a bunch of love on every person that comes in this place. And I know that's what's happening because that's what happened when I walked through this door, amen. I felt the love from the very moment I walked in to this very day, and I thank God for that. Verse 4, it says this, Charity or love, it suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. Charity or love is kind. Are you known for your kindness? 
Church, we need to ask ourselves, if someone was to ask somebody that knew you, hey, do you know them for their kindness? Could they really say yes? Are you known to be a kind person? You know, in my past, no, not so much, not at all, actually. But I pray, and I hope that nowadays, that if someone were to ask, is Danny a kind person? I pray that the answer would be yes. And if I'm going to pray that it would be yes, I better be doing something kind to hope for that to be taking place. Amen. It says here, it says here that charity envieth not. Envieth not. It's happy for others. You know, if we're full of love, when something good happens for someone else, are you happy or are you jealous? Amen. This is for all of us today. This is for every single one of us because the devil, the devil will try to whisper little things into your ears, see if he can get you to fall, take the bait. Amen. But let me tell you something. Love envieth not. You're happy for others. When someone gets blessed, when someone else is blessed around you, does it bring joy to your heart? Or are you envious deep down within saying, why not me, Lord? Why not me? Why not me, Lord? Are you blessed today? Are you blessed today? If you're blessed, then you need to be a blessing, amen, to others. I say it all the time. I said God blesses us, and he does stuff in our lives, and he blesses us so we can bless others, amen? He just doesn't bless us and pour all these things into our lives so we can keep them to ourselves and, and hoard them away or not share them with anyone else. No, if God blesses me, I need to be blessing others. Amen. Because God used a lot of people in my life thus far. Amen. Since I've come to know this great God that I serve, he's used a lot of people to bless me over the years. Over the years, been a lot of people who did a lot of things for me and for my wife and for my family. And I'm grateful for that. And now we have the opportunity to do the same thing. We need to do it, church. We need to be a blessing to others. Amen. Love envieth not. It vaunteth not. It's not boastful. It doesn't boast. It's not puffed up. It's not arrogant or proud. And as I was writing this, it says love, charity, it's not, it's not puffed up. And that means, that means pride or proud or arrogant. And I begin to think, I begin to think of the damage that pride can do to love. Amen. And God, God reminded me of, of an example of what pride in our life can do for love. I think about my wife, and I think about sometimes, and this might come as a shock to anyone who's married in here, but sometimes couples argue. They fight. Amen? They fight. They argue, right? Praise God. But we get over it, and we work through it. Amen? But God reminded me there was times when we had little meaningless disputes or arguments, and it was just dumb. It was dumb. And then after it was all said and done, I was like, we're back. You know, we love each other. Of course, we love each other. Everything is fine. But there was still a little bit of pride in me that said, you know what? Because of what she did to me earlier, I'm not going to tell her how much I love her. I'm not going to let her see the love. You know what I mean? I'm going to slow play it back into whatever. You know? But that's what pride will do. Pride will tell you that you need to act a certain way. Like you can't love the way you want to love. Like she deserved the love. I should give her the love. Amen. But pride will tell you to hold back because of something that took place maybe earlier that day or the day before. And let me tell you something, church. We can't be like that. Love, there's no room for pride when it comes to love. It has to go. Love has to surpass all of that stuff. Amen. Love has to surpass all of that stuff. Verse 5 says this does not behave itself unseemingly. Love does not behave itself unseemingly. It seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, and it thinketh no evil. It's going to get good right now. It thinketh no evil. It's not easily provoked. And I begin to think how easily offended we've become over the years, right? I've already shared with you a story of a couple ladies getting offended, and it caused them to leave the church for, for years, for years. 
We're easily offended. We're easily offended. But I tell you, if we'll have the, the Spirit of God, if we'll have the love of God deep in our heart, and we'll live for that love, let me tell you something. It thinketh no evil. That means when someone says something, I'm not already on guard waiting to bounce back at them with something because I have so much love for them. I'm not thinking anything evil of what they said. It might have been rude. It might have been whatever. But because I thinketh no evil, because I'm so full of love, I'm not going to give the devil off the opportunity to try to start messing with my mind and making me think that that person meant something that they didn't actually mean. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. We're easily provoked. We're so, we're so on the defensive, amen, like always ready to go, ready to go, ready to argue, ready to fight. But it says here that charity or that godly love that it thinketh no evil. It thinketh no evil. And church, God gave me one thing that I have to say, that I have to say, and I want you guys, and this is for every person in here, every person in here, love thinketh no evil thinketh no evil and God reminded me and God told me you got to bring this up you got to talk about unforgiveness unforgiveness in the church oh it's so bad it's it could be so bad at times nothing will hinder our prayers faster than unforgiveness we've somehow convinced ourselves at times that we can harbor unforgiveness against someone and still serve God as if it doesn't affect our walk with God amen we convince ourselves of this sometimes because we don't want to think about it, but it's true. You know, we'll live, in, we'll live with unforgiveness, and we'll say we'll deal with it later. We'll go to church and lift up our hands, and we're, we'll, we'll worship God. Amen? But I want to tell you, it's hindering. It's hindering your walk with God. Whether it be unforgiveness against a parent, unforgiveness against a spouse, someone in the church or someone at work, make no mistake, that unforgiveness is hindering your relationship with God. Let us be consumed by the love of God. Repent of that unforgiveness. Get it under the blood and begin to move forward in your relationship with the Lord. I wouldn't leave this service today without leaving that unforgiveness at this altar. Leave it there and don't ever pick it back up. We all do it. I've done it. You know you've done it. Begin to search your heart. Begin to search your mind and just begin to think and see those different things that are in your heart. No, if it's unforgiveness, don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to make it something it's not. If it's unforgiveness, call it for what it is. Call it, call it what it is and get in the altar and give it to God and get rid of that junk. You want to know why God's not moving in mighty ways in your life? Well, it's hindering the flow of the Holy Spirit working in your life. God is faithful and His Word is true. A lot of times we'll read the word of God, we'll hear this spoken to us, and we know that we're holding something against someone. And we think, we think we have the right to call upon God and ask for all these different prayers and all these different things and to act like he doesn't mind that we have this unforgiveness in our heart. And today I want you to know it's not okay. It's never okay to live in unforgiveness. It's never okay to hold unforgiveness against anybody. For anything, no matter who you are. And this is for all of us. We've all come to church before with a little bit of unforgiveness in our heart. And I pray that you got rid of that. Get it under the blood. Get in that altar. If it, I'm sure it hurts. I'm sure you would hurt. That's what caused the unforgiveness in the first place. But when we have that love, that love thinketh no evil, and it surpasses all that hurt. Amen? It overtakes all that hurt. I'm not telling you you need to get up and go to someone after service and let them know 
how very bad that they've gotten on your nerves for the last year and a half. You don't have to do all that. You could get in the altar. You can make it right with God. You could get it under the blood. And you can get up and you could have the victory. Amen. You don't have to be all awkward and walk around. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go up to someone and ask them to forgive you. Get it under the blood. Amen. We need God's forgiveness. And you live in that love. And you live in that for, you, you live with that forgiving heart. God is faithful. And I'm not just going to say it without backing it up. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I just thank God for his word. I'm telling you, as I was putting this together, I just... I would read the word of God and I would just be like, how, how do we argue with this? How do we come against this? How do we reason within our own minds that these kinds of things are acceptable in the house of God? Amen. His word is so very clear. Mark chapter 11. Don't listen to me. Listen to the Lord. Listen to what the word says. Mark 11, chapter 11, verse 25. Verse 25 and 26. It says this. It says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive. Wait, yeah. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Amen. You know, we want to live a life forgiven of our sins. I don't want God condemning me over the sins of my past he's forgiven me amen who am i to not hold that same forgiveness for anyone else i've been forgiven of a whole lot of things who am i to hold something against someone else turn to matthew chapter 18 matthew chapter 18 matthew chapter 8 18 verse 21 say amen when you're there And church, I'm reading this because it's the word of God. This isn't my opinion. This is what the Bible teaches. This is what the Bible says. We can't be making excuses anymore to harbor these kind of things within ourselves. Amen. Verse 21 says this. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall, I, shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times. And Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed ten thousand talents. But, but forasmuch as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded, to be so, commanded him to be sold, and his wife and his children and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down, and he worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out, and he found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, at his feet and he besought him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. 
and he would not, but when he cast him, but he but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and they came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest, th- shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Amen. You can't argue with the word of God. You can't hold on to that unforgiveness. You've heard it here today. And if you thought, if you just needed to be reminded, well, praise God. Praise God that he's so merciful that he'll, he'll have someone remind us of things that we should already know. And he will remind us how very urgent it is to get rid of that stuff. Amen. Love. Love thinketh no evil. I'm going to hit on another one here. Gossip. Gossip. Gossip has plagued the church and caused division and, division and strife throughout the body of, body of Christ probably since the New Testament church began. We must be very careful not to allow the devil to magnify and influence thoughts against others, especially against those of the household of faith. Remember, the Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. We should have no part of this. Let's stop giving the devil the ammunition. Amen. See, that's what we do. That's what we do, church. We begin to talk or backbite or say things. We need to begin to think before we speak. Every time we do something like that, we're giving the devil the ammunition. Amen. It says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren, but we'll sit there and accuse just like him. You know, we'll say things. We'll have things that we'll say or we'll talk about. We'll talk about things. And I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of giving the devil ammunition. Amen. I shared with the pastor a while back. I think it was at Kyle's daughter's birthday party. I told him, I'm to a place where I'm telling you, I go to church. I'm not looking. I don't care what anybody says. You're not going to offend me. I'm not taking it home with me. I'm not taking it home with me. It stays right here. I'm not giving the devil a moment of my time. He's not going to mess with my mind, not for one minute. I'm not giving him any ammunition to start dropping little things into my mind against a brother or a sister in the Lord. Amen. I want to be full of love. I was here on Thursday night, and I began to look at the congregation as we were in here worshiping. And I just began to look at you guys, and I'm telling you, I have a love for you. Amen. You've been there for me, and I want to be there for you. But I begin to look across here, and I just have the love of God in my heart, and I I begin to have a love for you as I begin to look and that love it was not a natural thing for me okay maybe you didn't have that storybook childhood like me amen or not that I had one but I desired one of course but maybe you had a rough upbringing amen and maybe that love it's hard for you to get to that point amen but let me tell you something if you'll begin to minister or ponder and just think if you'll just begin to think about the love of God that he has for you you're going to be able to give that love to others you're going to be able to begin to reach out to others and show them that love. I love this comment. I, heard, I read this a couple years ago. Uh, I read this out of the, um, the commentary notes from Pastor John Corson in his, in his commentary Bible, and I couldn't get away from it after I read it. I couldn't get away from it, and I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. It says this. He uses this as a standard when it comes to conversations, teachings, or any word of instruction. There's two things he goes off of. He says this. 
He says, if there is envy, strife, tension, and confusion in what I hear, then I know it's from hell. But if there's purity, peace, righteousness, and mercy in what I hear, I embrace it as being from the Lord. Amen? I embrace it as being from the Lord. Now, church, I ask you this. Which one of these two, com- which one of these two categories do your conversations fall into? Think about it. Think about things before you say it. Are they uplifting or are they tearing down? Think about it, amen? We can't afford in this last hour to be wasting our time on stuff like this. We need to be full of the love of God. We need to be full of the love of God. Let's go back to Corinthians chapter 13. I want to finish reading Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They call this the love chapter. And if you ever need to be reminded of God's love, just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and begin to read. Say amen when you're there. Verse 6 says this. It says, Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Charity never faileth, faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith hope, and charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. Amen? The greatest of these is love, an agape love, a God-like, a Christ-like love. That's the greatest. As Paul begins to describe here, it tells you that the tongues will fail. It tells you that the prophecies will fail. When that is, when, and it says here, it is said it will vanish away when that which is perfect is come. He's talking about when we come into the presence of God, when, 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 when we're out of here, amen, when we're walking on streets of gold. Let me tell you something, the prophecies, the tongues, that will be done away with. And we only see things partially, amen, but the love will endureth forever. But we, it says here we see through a dark glass, amen, meaning we can only see half of the story. We're only seen part of it amen but the day is coming when christ returns and he brings us home amen we're going to see everything clearly amen we're going to see all those times that we didn't love the way that god wanted us to love we need to start now we need to begin to love the way that god has called us to love amen we serve a faithful god and he deserves he deserves all of our attention all of our affection and all of our love and we need to show that love to one another we need to begin to look out We need to begin to show that love to this world. Amen. We're called to love one another, church. We're called to love one another. A while back, God gave me this thought. And I'm sure people have made different thoughts similar to this. I can't be the only one, but I know one time I was in a time of prayer and God kind of gave me this vision. he, He gave me this thought. And that thought was this. Before I came to the Lord, before I got saved, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I was in the sea of sin. Amen. I was out there treading water just like the rest of you. We were all out there. We were all, all out in that ocean, that sea of sin. And we were treading water. And then Jesus Christ came into my life. And Jesus Christ is like that boat. That boat that comes when you're lost out there in that water. That life, 
that lifeboat, amen, that brought life to me, amen, and I climbed into that boat, and I was safe, amen, I was safe in a loving Savior's arms, and Christ, Christ was there for me, I gave my life to God, and I was no longer in that water, I was safe, and I was in the boat, and I was in that boat, and I've been in that boat for 14 years now, amen, and it's been good, it's been good, it felt good to climb out of that water, I didn't have to worry about drowning out there in my sin like that anymore, now that I'm in the safety of that boat, the safety of our Lord Jesus Christ, but God reminded me of one thing, when I climbed into that boat, everyone else I knew was still in the water, amen, my family, my friends, Everyone around me, they were still out there in that water, and I was in that boat. And God began to deal with me as of recently that I've been in that boat for a long time. And some of you have been in the boat for a long time too. And he asked me, the Spirit of God told me, when was the last time you threw out a life vest or a life jacket or a life preserver? When was the last time you tried to get someone else in the boat to sit down next to you? Amen. When was the last time we reached out to this lost world and tried to get them into the boat, into the safety, into the loving arms of our Savior, Jesus Christ? And that's, let me tell you something. It's love. Love will cause us to begin to throw out those life preservers. Amen. Love's going to cause us to begin to paddle over and begin to pull people into that boat. Because us just getting into the boat, yeah, we're safe, we're good, but what about everybody else? We're called to love one another. For too long, we've been worried about ourselves. We've been worried about ourselves when we're already in the boat. Just be in love with God and show this world the love of Christ. Others will begin to climb in that boat just like I did. How did you come to know the Lord? I know how I came. Someone told me. Someone told me that I could be saved. Someone told me to get into the boat. Amen. And we need to do the same thing. We need to begin to reach out. We need to begin to tell people about Christ. We need to be, we need to reach out in love. I mean, my wife and I, we went, we went to this wedding this weekend. And I remember at, at first when pastor asked me last week, I told my wife, I said, oh, I'm really nervous on time. You know, I have a week. I only have a week to prepare. I said, we well, you know we're going to be going out of town for the weekend. I'm kind of stressed. She said, you know what? Maybe something's going to happen at that wedding that God's going to speak to you, that you could use. Amen. I said, oh, okay, praise God. Praise God. I hope he does. And, and it was a friend of mine, and it was a worldly wedding, but he was a good friend of mine, and he asked me to be part of it. He asked me to be in the wedding party or whatever you want to call it. And so we went, and we were out there. Uh, we got a hotel room for a couple nights, and we were there. And last night we were at the wedding, and a friend of mine from work, he was, uh, him and his wife were at the wedding, and it worked out perfect because I only know my friend from work the one who's getting married, I only know him. I don't know anybody else. And I'm in the wedding party, so my wife, she doesn't know anybody, of course. I don't know any of them. And then another friend of ours came to the wedding last night from work. He didn't know anybody either except for me and the other guy who's getting married. And so I say, I told my wife, go sit with them. They don't know anybody either. This is super awkward for all of us. And so she sat down with them. And after the wedding was over and we we're at the reception, we're sitting with them. And long story short, my wife is talking with his wife, and they're talking, and I'm talking to my buddy from, you know, from work. And she, looks at, re, re, she leans over to me. She said, Danny, she really wants to go to church. And I've been telling this guy for years. I've, I've worked with this guy for years. I say, hey, when are you going to come to the house of God? When are you going to come visit church? Oh, yeah, someday I'm going to, you know. And so she, she was talking with the wife. And, and the wife was saying, I really want to go, but he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. But I'm telling you right now. I'm going to pull that guy into this boat. 
I'm telling you, that wife, that was that open door. We're always looking for the opportunity. Am I right? Well, that opportunity came last night, and he used my wife. God used my wife through his wife, and we're going to get them into the house of God. Amen. I'm not going to let up. He asked me last night, the last thing he said to me before I left, I said, I got to go, man. I can't stay here all night. We need to get... We need to get to sleep here. And so I, he asked me, hey, what's the link for your church? I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I want to see what you guys got going on. We want to come visit. I said, okay, praise God. And if he's watching or if he's going to watch this, his name is George. And let's keep him in prayer. Let's get him into the house of God. Amen. I want to get him in the boat with us. Amen. I want him to know. I want him to know Jesus. I want him to know Jesus. And this last section of scripture Last section of scripture I want to share with you is going to be in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter Amen. Amen. We need to do more, church. We need to do we need to do more. We need to begin to reach out. We need to be begin to reach out to this world. I have it written down. It's a little example I put down here, the Dead Sea. I was reading something. I was reading something a while back that I didn't know. But talking about the Dead Sea. There's a couple different things that I, I think stood out as is really interesting about the Dead Sea. The first thing about the Dead Sea is that it's the lowest elevation of any place on the planet. The Dead Sea. And also there's another thing that I didn't know that when I read this I was really surprised that nothing can live in the Dead Sea. And that's probably why they named it that. Amen. No wildlife can survive in the Dead Sea. And then I read why. The reason no, no, nothing can live in the Dead Sea is because there's only one inlet. And no outlet. So everything comes in, but nothing ever goes out. Amen? And because of that, because of whatever's going on with that, no wildlife can live in there. And of course, like everything we should do, we should be trying to find Christ in everything we see and hear. Amen? And God told me, we're no different than that Dead Sea. We come into church on a Sunday and someone pours into us. Do we take it? And is there an outlet? Do we tell anybody what we hear? You know what I mean? We feel sometimes that we're dead spiritually. Well, when was the last time you reached out and ministered to somebody? That dead sea, nothing could survive in it because everything goes in and nothing comes out. Let us not be like that, church. We need to be better than that. You know, as we get poured in, pastor pours into us all the time. He always tells us. He always he, he studies the word. He seeks the face of God and brings forth a message. And we need to take that. And we need to take that out there into this world. Amen. We need to let that stuff start to happen. Have you ever noticed when you get alone with someone or you begin to uplift the you begin to uplift God and you begin to have these conversations lifting up the Lord, you could feel the spirit of God begin to flow, begin to move, and you just feel so alive because we're doing something, amen? We're talking about our Lord, our Savior. He loves us, and we need to tell everyone about his love, amen? But he is so good. He's so good. We need to begin to reach out. We need to begin to speak up for the kingdom, amen? We need to begin to reach out to that lost world. First John chapter 4 and I'm going to read starting in verse 7. Beloved, and again, this is the word of God. Just listen to what God says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, 
And everyone that loveth is borneth of God and knoweth God. He that loveth, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we, here, hereby know we that we dwell with him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in, in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness, boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how could he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Amen. It's the word of God. That's the word of God. And that word of God is life-changing. And I, I'm telling you, for the last year and a half, I just begin to think about God and his love. And it's transformed my walk with him. It's changed the way I, I look at things in life. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing. It's God's love that saved us. It's God's love that sustains us. It's God's love that keeps us. Amen. It's a love, an everlasting love, and nothing could ever take that away. The devil might whisper in your ear and lie to you and tell you you're not saved, you're not set free, that, that the Lord has forgotten about you, but the devil's a liar. Amen. We've heard today, we've read the word. We know, we know what we're called to do. Get into that place of, un that get rid of that unforgiveness. Don't be harboring that stuff within yourself. Amen. Let's get cleansed of all that unrighteousness and all that sin. Church, let's begin to show the world what the love of God really looks like. We are the light of the world. And I challenge you, church, I challenge you to love more than you've ever loved. Love more than you've ever loved. Let's love the way that God has called us to love. Let's love more. Amen. I find myself doing things just, I'm, it's like I'm having a good time doing it. I'm going out and I'll be places. You know what my favorite thing to do is? I'll be at the grocery store and the people, they don't even see it coming. And I'll be paying for the groceries. They'll be standing behind me. It happened last week. I went to the grocery store. There's this little old lady. She looked like she had a rough life. Rough life. And I was there buying something. She had a bunch of cat food and a bunch of other food. And the, she wasn't really paying attention. I told the cashier, I said, hey, ring, ring that stuff up too. Ring that stuff up too, amen. Ring it up too. Let's see if God can open up a door here, amen. She... They rang it up, and the, the lady, she couldn't, she said, hey, wait, hold on, that's mine. That's mine. I said, no, don't worry about it, I got it. And she said, no, but he's ringing you up. He's charging you for my stuff. I said, I know he is. He said, I want to, and I told her, I said, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. She's like, what? And I said, I want to bless you. I said, God has blessed me. 
I'm a blessed man. Amen. And I said, you know, what? I want you to know something. I said, Jesus loves you very much. Jesus hasn't forgotten about you and Jesus loves you. And I don't even know. I don't even know. I just went up. I could have got an assault charge for all. And I just wrapped my arms around this old lady, gave her a big old hug. And she's laughing and smiling and I'm laughing and she don't know what's going on. And I'm like, Jesus loves you. He loves you. Let us be that outreach. Let us be God's hand extended as we go out into this world. Amen. My wife's probably going, you know, I didn't tell her about this. She's probably like, that's why you spend so much money on groceries every time. No, that's inflation. That's inflation. Because I don't always do this, but it's fun. It's good when it does happen. Amen. God will open up the door and God will make opportunities. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, we serve a God who provides our every need. Let's be a blessing to this world. Let's be a blessing in this last hour. Amen. I'm going to close now. Sister Lupe, would you come up? Would you come up and play the piano? Church, like I said before, I challenge you to love more. I challenge you to go above and beyond what you've ever known a life of love to be. Amen? A love for others, love for people we don't even know. Remember what I said about that person out there in that street. That they were made in the image of God, just like you and I. It doesn't matter how lost they are or where they are. We can love them into this kingdom. Amen. And if we'll be so full of this love, if we understand that the love that the Father has for us, it's going to be so much easier for us to look around at all of these beautiful faces around us and just love. Just love. Don't let the enemy convince you that something's wrong with you or something's different about you or someone is holding something against you. Church, we talked about unforgiveness. We need to get rid of that, amen? Maybe you have a hardened heart. Just like I'm telling you, I had a hardened heart. And God broke that. God broke that. He took that hard heart and he softened that thing up. I look for the opportunity to show God's love to someone in this world, amen? Do you? Do we? Do we do as much as we can to let the people around us know that we love them? Church, I pray today. I pray today that if you know you haven't lived up to what God's word says love is, that you wouldn't leave this place without repenting for that. This altar is here and it's open, and if you need it, leave it here. Leave all that unforgiveness. Get rid of that root of bitterness out of your heart. There's nothing worth hanging on to. Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. He's coming back for us, church. There's no way we can let something like this get in the way of our walking relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing someone's done against you. There's nothing that they've done to you. That is worth you missing this rapture, amen. There's nothing, there's no hurt that's been done to you. I promise you, I promise you, if you'll give it to God, he'll take it. He'll take that hurt. He'll take that pain. If you'll repay that pain with love, love one another, love each other, God will transform and change your life. Begin to think on the love of a heavenly father. Begin to think of his faithfulness. Begin to pray of his goodness. And just that love, that love that God gives us 
It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord. I thank you, Lord, Father God, that even though we're so undeserving, that you love us, Lord, and that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary for my sins, Lord. For my sins, Lord, Father God, that they may be forgiven. I thank you, Lord, that you loved me enough to pull me out of that miry clay. I thank you, Lord, that you loved me enough that you didn't let me die out there in that sin, Lord. I thank you, Lord, Father God, that you've given me this day, this very breath that's in my lungs, that I can call upon your mighty name and ask you to forgive me, Lord. Father God, today I pray that you fill me with the love, a love that I don't normally possess, Lord Father God, a love, Lord Father God, that sees no discrimination, it sees nothing, a love that doesn't allow hate or envy or strife to come into my life, Lord Father God, a love that thinks only of you, Lord Father God, and the things of your nature. Heavenly Father, this morning I pray for every person in this altar, every person in this building. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would embrace them and pour your love out upon them, Lord, that they would feel that love. Oh, that they would feel your love this morning. Mighty God in heaven, I thank you for your faithfulness. Church, let's learn to love. Let's learn to love the way that God wants us to love. In Jesus' name, amen.